Good evening. All right. So I'm starting a new series, and I like to offer new notepads. So I put them down next to the elephant down here. Uh, if you don't know, we have an elephant with us tonight. Uh, so if you need one, feel free to get up and grab one. Um, uh, it, you may have space left in your last one. If you want to do that too, that's fine. Uh, but I encourage people to take notes, uh, you know, during service. Uh, yep, right there next to the elephant, eating popcorn. Yeah, I don't know if that's a monkey or a gorilla. The Veggie Tales song. If it doesn't have a tail, it's not a monkey. All right. So our new series is the Judges of Israel, <clears throat> and tonight I've titled the message. Why judges? And what I mean is, why did Israel have judges? So uh, we won't, we'll get into the individual judges during this series, uh, but right now we're just going to think about the thought of why did Israel have judges? Now, we were at a few different churches, VBSs, over the past month or so, and most of these VBSs had a bunch of kids. It was pretty awesome to see all the kids there. Um, they, they ranged anywhere from like 50 to about 100 kids at these things, uh, which was really awesome. The kids had a lot of excitement. They were having a lot of fun. Uh, there was something else that all of these VBSs had, though. They all had a leader. Now, what do you think would happen if they left these 100 kids all alone to do whatever they wanted? without any leadership, no leader to guide them or anything. Uh, you could leave these kids in a room. You could tell them exactly what you expect from them. Uh, you could tell them everything you want them to do and not to do. And you could even write it all down for them so that they could go and look at it. If they can't remember everything, they can go and look at it and say, oh, they wanted me to do this and this. And uh, you could do all that for them. And then if you left them alone, what do you think is going to happen? It's going to be complete chaos. Uh, the kids would be all over the place. They'd be running. They'll be jumping. They'll probably be jumping off the balcony just for fun, you know. Uh, they'll be hitting each other. They'll be spitting on each other. Yeah, kids are kind of gross, you know. Uh, they'll be yelling at each other. Anything you can imagine would probably be happening uh, within a few minutes of leaving these hundred kids all alone. Uh, just like uh, these kids needed a leader, Israel also needed a leader. And that is why Israel had judges. Uh, we're going to take a close look at the judges of Israel. Uh, we're going to determine when Israel had judges and why Israel had judges. We're also going to look at who the judges were. We'll look at each judge and see what the Bible has to say about them and how they led Israel. Uh, now, some of these judges, they have few, a few chapters uh, written about them. Some have a few verses written about them, and some have hardly anything at all written about them. But we're going to do our best uh, to look as deeply as we can at each one of these judges. Uh, so before we get to the who and the why, I'm going to first look at the when. So when did Israel have judges? I'm going to look at the time frame of the judges of Israel, at least the time frame of the judges of Israel that we'll be looking at in this study. 
And so uh, if you open your Bible to Judges, that's fine. We'll be there in a minute. Uh, I want you to go to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. We're going to get our time frame uh, for our study from Acts chapter 13. And we'll start in verse 17. Acts chapter 13, verse 17. The God of this people of Israel chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt and with an high arm brought them out of it. And about the time of 40 years suffered he their manners in the wilderness. So we're getting a little bit of a history here of Israel. And verse 19, And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he divided their land to them by lot. After that, and after that, he gave unto them judges about the space of 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they desired a king, and God gave unto them Saul. And we'll stop there. Uh, that's where we're getting our time frame from. from. Uh, this is the actual time uh, that Israel had judges. The Bible says that Israel had judges for about 450 years. Uh, so uh, you could look at this a little bit differently. Um, you could think, how long did Israel have judges and start counting at a slightly different time and come up with a slightly different number. Uh, but we read here in Acts chapter 13, uh, and that's the answer I'm going with, about 450 years. Now, I believe if it's in the Bible, I believe it, and that's the answer I'm going with, with how long did Israel have judges. Uh, so this takes us to when did this 450 years take place? Uh, we will primarily be in the book of Judges, uh, and this is not a verse-by-verse -verse study of the book of Judges, though. Uh, but just to give you an idea of the time frame here, the book of Judges was written about 1040 to 1050 B.C., so about a thousand years uh, before Jesus. Uh, the book of Judges, uh, the author is uh, uncertain for sure. Uh, it's commonly thought to be Samuel. The events of the judges of Israel, though, we're talking the actual time that the judges were ruling in Israel. Uh, not, not the time of the book, but the actual time that the judges of Israel were ruling took place between about 1400 to 960 B.C. Now, those are abouts. Those aren't exact. Uh, the time that we're referring to it starts immediately after the dividing of the land. We read that in Acts chapter 13. And it ends when Eli dies and Samuel is the prophet of Israel. So that's the time frame. Now concerning this 450 years, uh, let's think about the time of the judges ruling compared to the time of the falling away from God. Uh, the judges ruled for about 300 of the 450 years. Uh, so about 300 of the 450 years uh, the judges were ruling, and somewhere around 100 years of time, uh, Israel was not judged uh, under these judges. They weren't uh, led by these judges, and during that time they did 
whatever they wanted. Now, this hundred years or so, it wasn't just one big chunk of time right in the middle. It was spread out in between the judges ruling. Uh, and we'll look at all of that uh, as we go through this study. So now that I got all that out of the way, I don't know if you thought it was boring or not. I kind of like that kind of stuff. Uh, so I spent probably way too much time looking at all of that this week just because it interested me. Uh, so we just kind of got some groundwork here of when all of this is going to happen. Now I want to move on to uh, the list of the judges. Now, again, depending on how you count the judges and who you include, who you don't include, you could come up with a different uh, list than I have. I have 15 judges of Israel. Uh, and, and again, I'll, I'll explain why I have these 15. Uh, and I believe I have them in order. First is Othniel. Now, this is a family member of Caleb. So first is Othniel. And, and we'll look at, through the weeks. We'll look at each one of these. Uh, second is Ehud. Ehud. Uh, the third is Shamgar. Shamgar. Fourth is Deborah. And with Deborah is Barak. But Deborah was the one that was the judge. Number five is Gideon. Number six is Abimelech. And if you want, you can put a little asterisk next to his name. Um, I put in parentheses the words sort of uh, because he wasn't exactly uh, a judge of Israel. Uh, it, it, he did lead Israel during this time of judges. Uh, so I included him in my list. And I didn't want to just skip over him. I wanted to look at and learn what we can from him and uh, his ruling and his uh, decisions he made. So I included him in the list. Number seven is Tola. Number eight is Jair. Number nine is Jephthah. Number ten is Ibzan. I'll test you on the spelling afterwards. Uh, what are we on? 11 is Elon. 12 is Abdon. 13 is Samson. 14 is Eli. And it ends with Samuel. And I've pick these ones because these are the leaders of Israel during this 450 years that we read of in Acts. Uh, these are the, the leaders for Israel during that time. So these are the ones we're going to study in our study of the judges of Israel. We'll be looking at all of these as we go through this study. Uh, we'll be looking at what God has to tell us in his word about all of these judges of Israel. Some of these judges will spend a decent amount of time on because God has recorded a decent amount of information about them. Uh, but some of them don't have very much recorded about them, so we're limited on what we can uh, learn from them. Now, thankfully, most of these on this list uh, were good and did right in God's eyes. Uh, but not all of the men were good, at least not all the time. Uh, we have Abimelech on the list, who uh, he really 
wasn't a judge. He was a leader, though, during this time. Uh, he was not leading Israel in the ways of God. And we'll spend time on him when we come to him. Uh, and we'll look at his actions and how he came to rule Israel and the things that he did. We also have on here Samson. He was a man of God, but he made a few bad choices. And again, we'll look at him when he comes up on our list. And we'll see how he ruled and the choices he made. Uh, so that is the time frame that we're going to be studying. And these are the specific judges that we're going to go over during this study. And we have uh, chosen this time and these judges because of Acts 13. And that is the time frame that God tells us of in that chapter for the judges of Israel. So we have the when. And we have the who, so now I want to consider the why. Why did Israel have judges? The reason for Israel having judges. Uh, Israel needed leadership. Israel needed leadership. Now we can turn to Judges chapter 1. Judges chapter 1. And we'll look at the very first verse there. It says, Now after the death of Joshua, it came to pass that the children of Israel asked the Lord, saying, Who shall go up for us against the Canaanites first to fight against them? So we see here Joshua has died. Joshua was a great leader for Israel. Israel looked up to him and followed him. Joshua always went to God for guidance and with issues that came up. The people had a leader to go to when they needed him. Uh, the people also had a leader that drove them to do amazing things for God. He led them out of the wilderness. He led them into the land of Canaan. He took the land of Canaan with them. Uh, he led and won many battles during his time of leading. Now, I don't know, but I, I think that maybe not the children of Israel may not have done all of these amazing things and many more things, if they didn't have a leader that drove them. And what I mean is he had the drive to do these things. He had uh, the desire to do these things. Uh, the people there needed a leader with energy and excitement to help them fulfill the things that God had planned for them. Imagine if Joshua, who had to go lead all these battles and do all these amazing things, imagine he had... Uh, the character traits of someone like Eeyore. I don't think they would have fulfilled God's will and done the things they were uh, asked to do by God if that was the case. Joshua had energy and excitement and it helped them fulfill the plan that God had for him. Now this leader, Joshua, has died and they don't have a leader anymore. Uh, we see that God's people are without a leader and they're asking for direction. In the very first verse of the book of Judges, we see the people going to God for answers. And that's a great thing to do. Anytime you need guidance or leading in an area, go to God first. Go to God in his word and go to God in prayer. So they go to God and they ask him what to do. Uh, this is something that God has typically handled through leaders it for Israel in the past. They had Joshua. We talked about him. God talked to Joshua, told him what to do. Joshua then talked to the people and they all 
went and did what God wanted them to do. Uh, same for Moses. Moses was their leader. God spoke to Moses, and Moses and Aaron, they led the people. God spoke to Jacob. Jacob then spoke to his children, and they followed God's will for them uh, in that way. And, and also Joseph, and even the elders that lived during Joseph's day and outlived him, uh, they were leaders that God dealt with that then led the people. Uh, right now, in, in this time frame and judges here, they don't have a single person in this position of leadership. Uh, the next and even bigger reason that Israel needed a leader was that Israel disobeyed God. So they needed leadership, but also Israel disobeyed God. Uh, Israel was given very specific directions from God about what to do when taking the land of Canaan. Go ahead and turn to Numbers chapter 33, verse 50. God told Israel exactly what they were supposed to do when they took the land of Canaan. And we're going to read that here in Numbers chapter 33, verse 50. It says, And the Lord spake unto Moses in the plains of Moab by Jordan near Jericho, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye have passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, and destroy all their pictures, and destroy all their molten images, and quite pluck down all their high places. Now, did Israel do this? Did Israel obey this command and do what God asked them to do? No, they didn't. They did not complete this task. Uh, they uh, got, you could probably say they got lazy. Uh, it appears that they got scared at times. Uh, they were tired and, and couldn't, uh, didn't want to go any further. Uh, they thought that they did good enough, and that's fine. They, they thought that doing good enough is fine. So they did not complete the will of God in this command. They, they kind of half did it. They did a little bit of it, but not all of it. Israel disobeyed God's command to drive out the inhabitants, and that is a reason that they needed judges. Look at Judges chapter 2, verse 1. Judges chapter 2, starting in verse 1. And the angel of the Lord came up from Gilgal to Bochim and said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. And ye shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. Ye shall throw down their altars. But ye have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Wherefore I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as thorns in your sides. And their God shall be a snare unto you. And it came to pass when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voice and wept. God tells them directly that they disobeyed. Uh, and he tells them directly that their penalty for disobedience is that they're going to be burdened by the remnants that they left behind. They, they created their own burdens by not fulfilling God's command to drive out all of the inhabitants. Uh, 
we see there in verse 4 that they are regretful and sorrowful for this disobedience. If only they had felt that way before when they were making the decision to not obey in this area. It's kind of like when uh, you catch your kid doing something they shouldn't, and they're, they're then saying, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and you're thinking, you weren't sorry two minutes ago when you were doing this thing. You're only sorry that you got caught. That's kind of where we're at here. If only they had been sorry about it before when they could have made it right. Now we see that Israel uh, is influenced by the ones they left behind. Skip ahead to Judges chapter 3, verse 1. It says, Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan, only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war, at the least such as before knew nothing thereof, namely five lords of the Philistines and all of the Canaanites and the Sidonians and the Hivites that dwell in Mount Lebanon from Mount Baal Hermon unto the entering in at Hamath. And they were to prove Israel by them to know whether they would hearken unto the commandments of the Lord which he commanded their fathers by the hand of Moses. And the children of Israel dwelt among the Canaanites, the Hittites, and the Amorites, and the Perizzites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites. And they took their daughters to be their wives. And they gave their daughters to their sons and served their gods. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And forgot the Lord, their God, and served Balaam in the groves. Uh, now that term groves there is a false god in that area of that time. Uh, so they left God and served these false gods. Now God knew exactly what he was talking about when he told the children of Israel to drive out the inhabitants of the land. God knew what would happen if they didn't. God always knows what he's talking about. Uh, this all could have been avoided. All the hardship and, and things that they have to go through over uh, that we'll see throughout this study uh, could have all been avoided if God's children would have just listened and obeyed the command of God. Uh, because Israel left these sinful nations behind and they left their false gods there, and their false idols in the land all around them, or you could say among them. They weren't just near them, they were within them. Uh, this caused Israel to be influenced by them. And it caused Israel to fall away from God. We need to fully understand this topic here. We need to fully understand what's happening. I think we all agree uh, about this, but I think that we fail to apply it to all the areas of our life. If we have things in our life that we shouldn't, then we will be influenced by them. And it will cause us to fall away from God. Now, if we have ungodly friends, uh, that they don't go to Sunday worship so that they can worship God, uh, if they talk about things that are not pleasing to God, then we will be influenced by them. If we watch things uh, that aren't pleasing to God, whether it's 
movies or TV or uh, Facebook videos or YouTube videos or TikTok or whatever else is out there, if we're watching these things that are not pleasing to God, then we will be influenced by them. And the same thing goes for music. Now, I understand this is a touchy topic, and everybody draws the line somewhere different, it seems. But there's plenty of evidence to prove uh, that people are influenced by the music they listen to. Uh, if we, uh, you've all heard probably the sponge analogy. Uh, whatever you dip the sponge in, when you squeeze it, that's what's going to come out, right? You put the sponge in milk, and you take it out, and you squeeze it, what comes out? Milk. Well, we are like sponges. If we put things in us, if we watch things and hear things that are unpleasing to God, that are wicked or sinful, then what is in us? Ungodly things. We're going to be influenced by it. And if you were to ring us out, what's going to come out of us? All these ungodly things. We need to investigate what we allow into our lives. We need to pay attention to the places we go and the people that are around us. We need to pay attention to what we allow into our ears and into our eyes because all of this will influence us. Now, I don't want you to take my word for it. It's not me telling you to stay away from these things. It is God telling you. We all know the verse, 1 Thessalonians 5.22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. Now, I know that we believe the word of God in this church, and we believe every single word in it. Uh, God's word is perfect. And God is telling us in 1 Thessalonians 5.22 that if, the, if something even appears to be evil, uh, of being ungodly, then we need to get as far away from it as we can. Israel did not do this. They didn't do that. God told them to, and they didn't do it. And they paid for it. And if we don't do it, then we will pay for it also. As we go through this study, we will see how many times Israel was influenced by those people that they left behind. And how many times they made a decision to leave God and worship false gods. They were influenced by those ungodly things that they left behind. We can see that Israel needed a judge. And, and really, in my opinion, Israel needed a judge for a long time. Uh, I'll give you two examples. First is Moses. Moses actually judged the people. Uh, I said earlier you could kind of count judges from a different time, and this is kind of what I was referencing. Uh, Exodus 18.13 says, And it came to pass on the morrow that Moses sat to judge the people. And the people stood by Moses from the morning unto the evening. So Moses judged the people. And the second example is Joshua. Joshua judged the people. In Joshua chapter 7, verse 16, So Joshua rose up early in the morning and brought Israel by their tribes, and the tribe of Judah was taken. And it goes on to tell you the story about Achan. Uh, this is right after Israel lost the battle of Ai. Achan, he had sinned, uh, and he took things that he wasn't supposed to take. And because of this sin, Israel lost the battle against Ai. Now Joshua is having all the people come before him, and he's going to judge them. So Joshua was a judge. Uh, 
these two events took place before the book of Judges. Uh, both of them took place before the 450-year time period of the judges ruling Israel that we're going to look at in this series. Uh, the point is that Israel needed a leader and a judge in the past, and Israel needs a leader and a judge during the time of our study as well. Also, Israel needs a judge because Israel allowed all the wickedness to stay around them and among them, and they were influenced by it, and that influence caused them to sin. And this sin caused them to need a judge. Now think back to the Garden of Eden, before sin ever even happened. In that time frame, there was no need for a judge. If, if there's nothing, uh, no sin, the sin doesn't need to be judged because it's not there. Now, just imagine if we had a nation of law-abiding citizens that never did anything wrong. I know that's impossible to think of, but just to try to imagine it. Stretch your, your brain a little bit to try to imagine that. No one ever breaks a law. No one ever does anything wrong. We would then have no need for judges, right? Uh, the judges uh, would either be unemployed or they'd be sitting in their courtrooms just staring at the wall with nothing to do. If there is no sin, then there's no need of a judge. Uh, Israel proved that they couldn't be self-led. Uh, if you, have you ever left kids on their own? I'm picking on kids tonight. But have you ever left kids on their own? Like the illustration that we started with tonight, uh, you just kind of simply give them some rules and then you leave and, and they can do whatever they want to do because you're not there. Um, I remember in school when the teacher would leave the room and we didn't really know if she was like right outside the door or, you know, somewhere, you know, way far away. So if we were left alone for like two minutes, you know, we'd talk a little, but it didn't go too far. But if we were left alone for like 10 minutes, I mean, there was like people throwing stuff and airplanes going across the room and everybody's just being so loud. Uh, it, it, it turned into chaos quite quick because we didn't have anyone leading us. And, and as kids, we couldn't be self-let at least, some of us couldn't. I won't tell you which kid I was, good or bad. You'll have to figure that out. Uh, Israel and us today really are just like a classroom full of kids. We have written directions. God left us written directions for what to do and what not to do. And somehow we still find a way to not follow the directions, just like Israel. Israel did this every time they were left without a judge. They would not follow the ways of God. They would do what is right in their own eyes. And that was never a good thing. Israel proved many times over that they needed judges. Now, we all have sins in our life, and we all need to deal with those sins. Uh, but you might be thinking, uh, we could never leave God and worship false gods, right? Uh, that, I mean, that just sounds horrible. We would never do that. Uh, I could talk about pagan nations across the oceans and, and how wicked they are over there, but I don't need to go that far uh, because it's happening in our own country even now. Uh, we have people, uh, even ones that call themselves Christians, that stay home, on Sunday, they don't worship 
God anymore. The Christians, we have Christians that think they don't need to go worship God anymore. They, maybe they think uh, they're too tired. It's their only day off. They work six days a week. They only get one day off uh, and they deserve to relax. Well, doing that, essentially, uh, they have left God. And in reality, they're worshiping themselves. They're idolizing themselves and raising themselves up to the point of where they think that life is about them and not about God. And that they deserve certain things and God doesn't. Uh, They've left God just like Israel did. We also have people that worship athletes. Now, I used to love sports. I used to love watching sports. As a teenager, I can't tell you how many thousands of hours I wasted watching sports. Uh, and, and you could see how much people uh, worshipped these athletes. Uh, there's one athlete that has, uh, I looked this up just the other day, has just over 600 million online followers. 600 million online followers. Uh, We have people that spend thousands of dollars to watch their favorite athlete or their favorite team. Uh, And and they've wasted thousands and thousands of hours uh, watching these people and listening to them and researching the thing about the everything they can about these athletes. Uh, Just think if we spent all that time and all that energy on God like we're supposed to. And we did that for God and the things of God. Uh, People in America worship athletes, just like Israel worshipped idols every time they left God. Now, you might be thinking, well, I don't even like sports, so that doesn't apply. Well, what about singers and entertainers? Uh, I I don't want to mention names, so I'll leave the name out. Uh, But there's a singer that has been having these uh, sellout concerts recently. And, and I looked it up, and people are spending between one dollars and $5,000 on a single ticket. It's insane. I, I can't even imagine that. Uh, some people don't even give that much to God in an entire year, and people are spending that on a few hours listening to someone sing. Uh, people are waiting in, in lines for hours and hours to go see this singer. They're sitting in parking lots a mile away tailgating so that they could be near this person. Uh, they're idolizing this person. They're worshiping this person. This is happening in our own country. Uh, could you imagine if people did that for God? If we showed up on Sunday morning, the parking lot was full of tailgaters that have been here for hours waiting to worship God. That would be awesome. I would love it. Uh, If we only desired to be this way with God, to give God everything we can, give God our time and our energy, if we had this kind of eagerness to be near God, we need to realize that we need a spiritual leader just as bad as Israel did back 3,000 years ago. Now, the goal of this study is to help us understand why Israel had judges and why God picked the ones that he did so that we can come to the realization that we need a spiritual leader like the ones that God picked in the book of Judges. Uh, We need to make sure that the judge or the leader that we do go to that we do listen to for advice 
is someone that God himself would pick to lead us. So that is why we are studying the judges of Israel. Let's pray. Dear Lord, we we praise you that that we can even be considered your children. Uh, We thank you that you care and, and love us. We thank you for the leadership that you've given us. We thank you for your written word, Lord, for the directions that you've left behind for us. May we search them out daily to find what it is that you want us to do. Uh, May we desire the things of you more than the things of this world, Lord. I pray that you please help us all to remember uh, to put you first in everything, including our time and our energy and everything we do, Lord. I pray that you please use this study of the book uh, or the judges of Israel uh, to educate us, to help us understand uh, what you choose these people for and and how you want them to lead, Lord. Help us to uh, understand you a little bit better by doing this study, Lord. I pray that you please uh, bless this church. I pray that you please be with everyone that's not here tonight uh, for all kinds of different reasons. I pray that you please be with all of them and speak to all of them. I pray that you please bless everyone specially that came out tonight. pray that you please be with them and keep them safe. I pray that you please uh, be with all the activities of the church this week. And and as we try to uh, reach more people and tell them about you, Lord, I pray that you please bless according to your will. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.